Let me play, uh, pray. Father, we want to thank you for your kindness, your goodness to us, all the things that you've been just reminding us of this morning as we've worshipped, Lord. It is all for the praise of your glory. It is all for the display of your splendor. We are trophies of your grace, Lord, essentially. Trophies of your grace. We bless you for that and we thank you for that. We honour you for that. Now, Lord, I pray that as we come to share and news and speak and update things, we pray, Holy Spirit, would you be with us? Would you be among us? Would you be giving faith, Lord? We ask you that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Okie dokie. I'm going to move that. It's going to bug me. Good. Well, look, look, thanks for coming. Good to see you all. And... Uh, just to say, we've got some important news to share. We're not going to have time to share everything. I think I realized uh, that, but we're going to share as much as we can. But there will be hopefully other occasions when we can kind of fill in some of the blanks and share some other bits and pieces. So, and you know, sometimes when you share news, you kind of share the news and then explain how you got there. Actually, this morning, I want to take you on something of a journey uh, that we've been on as elders for the last uh, almost two years. So I'm going to kind of take you on a journey, and as I share the journey, I think you'll probably pick up uh, what news we have to share. It will come out. So I want to take you back, if I can, to autumn of 2019, those heady days when nobody had heard of COVID. That lockdown was only something that happened to people in prison. Do you remember those days? Uh, I'm taking you back there. It's autumn of 2019. And uh, as an eldership team, we really started to talk about where are we as a church? A few years before, we'd kind of set out some goals that we wanted to pray and go for as a church. And it seemed like a good time to ask ourselves, well, how are we getting on with that? And while we could see lots of good things happening in the church and things that we're involved in, some doors that God had opened up for us, we also had a sense that kind of one of the questions to look at was, we're not growing numerically, uh, Lord. And although numerical growth is not everything, I don't think that we're an eldership or a church obsessed about numbers, it did seem to be a relevant question to ask. And really then from that, the question kind of came, are there any obstacles that are kind of hindering us from a church as growing? And one question that came from that was, is having the person leading the eldership team and therefore, in many ways, leads the church. I mean, the team of elders lead the church, but whoever leads the team kind of sets a direction and pace, as it were. And was having the person leading that team, which is me, uh, focusing half their time, not on local church stuff at King's, but on new ground, our family of churches, is that an issue? Because in case you don't know, although I'm employed by King's Church, I'm grant-funded half my time for new ground. And so I think we prayed about that over several months and talked about it as a team. And I think maybe God showed us, yeah, maybe that was having an effect that was not good. And it was an issue. And, uh, and really, I think we started to talk and pray about whether it was right for me to stop uh, leading the church and working for King's Church and really concentrate my time fully for new ground. And over that period of a few months, you know, we talked about it as an eldership team. We processed it. J 
Jane and I, who is my wife, if you don't know, she's the lovely lady that came up with the face mask and gave that word through the face mask, which was great. We're being careful because it's my daughter's wedding, so uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, and we talked about it, and that did seem to be what God was saying. And so kind of, if I can just fast forward now a few months to January 2020, I think that's where we were. I think that's where we were up to personally and also as elders. And in fact, I'd been keeping Dave Holden and Jim Partridge, who are our kind of apostolic oversight and input, kind of in the loop with things. This is where we're up to. And we set a date, 28th of January, so we could discuss it through. And some of these dates will come up behind you, which might just help you to get the timeline. 28th of January, 2020, as I say, just before lockdown, came and we met with Dave and Jim and we talked and we shared about what we'd been thinking as elders. And we kind of, I think then, almost agreed together that, yeah, it was kind of time for, for a transition, for a handover of leadership here at King's Church. And that we would carry on praying and seeking God and asking for prophetic confirmation because actually at that meeting, we knew that in two weeks' time, there was a new ground core team, which I'm part of. And at that new ground core team meeting, two things could happen. Number one, the new ground core team could agree that if I was going to focus more of my time on new ground, they actually wanted that, which was quite a big thing. And secondly, we knew that there was a group of prophetic folk gathering with us, and we thought that would be a good opportunity for God to kind of speak in and confirm things. So we kind of ended that meeting in January as elders, and um, not many other people knew, you know, what was going on at that meeting, certainly not what was discussed. And that very evening, we had a church leaders meeting down at Amy Road. And halfway through that meeting, we were worshipping, and Miles came in, and he's not here today, otherwise I'd rib him because he came in halfway late, but I'm not going to do that because he's not here, that wouldn't be fair. Um, so uh, I waved and smiled and Miles came in. And towards the end of the evening, Miles said to me, Dale, I've got a picture for you. Uh, can I share it with you? And at that stage, Miles really knew very little. He's a trustee. He knew a little bit of what we've been talking about, but nothing really of any of the details. And so we stayed behind. So this is the night of that meeting with Dave and Jim. And this is what Miles said to me. It will hopefully come up on the screen behind me. He said, Dale, I saw you standing on a staircase. It curved round, led up to an upper room. And as you stood on the stairs, you were looking back at me. It wasn't like it was a different place. It was all familiar, almost as if there was another floor on Amy Road. As I prayed, I sensed Father God say, you're a father both naturally and to this church. But God has been building you up as a father. And the time is now to release that, for you to go upstairs into the upper room. Others will come to you, others who are themselves fathers of churches, and you will encourage them. You don't need to worry about what to do or who to see. You go, God will bring them to you. I also saw that this room was like the top of a lighthouse, like a dome where you could see a long distance to all points of the compass. The dome brings light into the upper room, which is full of light, but also you can see into the distance, night or day, as the skies were clear. I sense this was a promise from God that he will increase your gift of prophecy and wisdom for you can see far above the surroundings and circumstances and you'll see beyond the circumstances and declare or announce what is to come, especially for the Father who has come to you for this room will shine a spotlight giving direction. 
Be released to use gifts of wisdom and prophecy to encourage church fathers, enabling them to gain God's direction, to bring light to situations, bracket past, seeing above and beyond circumstances, present, and declaring what is to come. And so if you like, for me, that was kind of final confirmation. That's the final confirmation that I needed that, yeah, God is calling me to stop leading the eldership team here at King's and to stop being employed by the church. And that really, after 17 years uh, of doing that, God wanted me to focus my time on what he's called me to do within Newground, our family of churches. And again, we haven't got loads of time to go into what I do for New Ground, but I just give you a flavor. Maybe over the next couple of months, I can, you know, tell you more. But just to say, I'm pretty involved with New Ground. Uh, I'm on the core team. I'm chair of trustees. Uh, I kind of put in things in place that Dave wants put in place. Uh, I've also picked up leadership at the academy recently. I've got about 20 churches that I gather in different settings. And I go and help individual churches and church leaders here and in Europe uh, and sort out some of the church plants. So I am pretty busy, uh, have been pretty busy over the last number of years, and there's certainly plenty for me to focus on. Uh, but maybe, as I say, over the next few months, I can just kind of let you know what I think. But I think, I think I'll just be doing more of the same. Uh, um, so it certainly fits in with the word that Miles brought. And then uh, a few days later, Jane and I were off on a week's holiday, and we came back, and there was like four or five days before that new ground core team meeting. And really, in that short window of time, something unexpected happening. I was walking uh, my dog, as I do, at the back of her screen one morning, and I felt God say to me that Quincy was going to lead the eldership team after me. And what struck me about that and why it was unexpected was that God was talking about who was going to lead after me, when actually, at that stage, what we'd been focusing on was kind of getting to a point of agreeing that I needed to stop leading and transition. I mean, we knew we'd have to make a call, but the focus wasn't on that. So I was surprised in a way that God was raising it. But I thought, well, I think that's what God's saying, but I'm just going to write it down, pray about it, um, you know, seem the wise thing to do. Then a few days later, Jane said to me that she'd been praying because she knew about what was going on, obviously. Uh, and she, sensed to me, she said to me, I sense Quincy is going to lead the team. She hadn't shared it with anybody else, hadn't spoken to anybody else about it. Then a few days later, over that same short period of time, I was having a new ground meeting with Kevin, as we do every week. And he said to me after the new ground meeting, can I just share something with you? just want to say that I sense God is saying that Quincy is going to lead the team after you. And again, he hadn't spoken to anybody. And, and I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but even I kind of thought, oh God, you might be saying something here. Saying things through a number of different people. And I was reminded by God that when I left the police force and started to work for the church 17 years ago, three people came to me in the space of seven days and said the same thing. They tapped me on the shoulder and said, God's told me you're going to leave the police and start working for the church. And three months later, my notice was in with the police, and that's what I was doing. So I was reminded that God has this kind of history, that sometimes when he wants to tell me something, he has one simple phrase that he just repeats on multiple occasions. And so if we fast forward now to the 12th of Feb, uh, we have this meeting. Uh, it's only a few weeks after that meeting with Dave and Jim and the elders and the night when Miles gave that word. So we're only just a few weeks on. And sure enough, we as a new ground core team met. Uh, 
and we worshipped and we have a team who prophesied over us. And because I'm the one that organises that, I'm often the last one to be prayed for and prophesy. And to be honest with you, lunch was supposed to be one o'clock and it was like ten past one. And so we kind of shoehorned me in, if I'm honest, or I shoehorned me in. And there was a few prophetic words given, but nothing that related to anything like this. And then we had lunch. I thought, well, that's fine, not a problem. And uh, we had lunch. We then sat around the Newground core team. And Dave Holden asked me, said, will you just share with the guys where you're up to in terms of the possibility of stopping leading King's Church, focusing time on new ground? And as I was just kind of beginning to start to tell them the story, one of the members of the core team stopped me and kind of apologized and said, look, I'm sorry, Dale, but during that prophetic time we just had, I had a word with you, but I didn't bring it because it was just forming in my head and it didn't seem to fit in with what the other folk were bringing. And he said, I should have shared it, shared it earlier and God just kind of prompted me to share it now. And he said, um, what he had was that he felt God say, tell Dale it's time for a new role and a new season. And he said, look, I'm sorry that I didn't share it earlier. I said, okay, no worries, you know, that happens, uh, you know, not a problem, thanks for sharing it now. And then another member of the core team interrupted me and said, I know this is not what you're, you were talking about, but I just felt God impress on me that Quincy's going to lead King's Church after you. And I hadn't even got to the bit of explaining that. So I said, oh, okay, thanks very much, I'll make a note, okay. And then I was about to carry on, and Jim Partridge, who had been in the meeting a few weeks before, said, Dale, I've just got to say, since we had that meeting, I keep getting the impression that Quincy's going to lead the church after you. And I just feel God told me to share it. So then I finished telling them the story of where we were up to and Miles's picture and what I'd felt and Quint, uh, everybody else had felt. And, uh, and I wrote it all down. And then I kind of went off to Holland for a week. And the first elders meeting of King's Church was like about a week later or so, 19th of Feb. And so as we sat there as elders, I told them what the core team had said. Uh, told them that they were very happy that, uh, for me to work for new grounds. They felt that it was right for me to head o hand over leadership at King's. And then I told the elders about what I had felt, what Jane had said, what Kevin had said, what the two members of the core team had said about Quincy leading. And at that point, I kind of looked at Quincy, and he was sat there with a bit of a tear in his eye. Because God had spoken to him two weeks ago that he was going to be the guy who was going to lead the church. And he's just going to come up and share with you now what God said. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Dale. Um, yeah, so around that, that time, um, I've just been processing what you've just heard really about uh, Dale's role. I've just been thinking about it. And I was just doing the washing up one evening in Catrum. Just musing on it myself, just thinking about it, and I, and I said to God, "So, what's it going to be then? Who's who's next? Who's the who's going to lead it and um, do another plate or whatever?" And I was just musing, and then he just went, "You are. It's you." And I kind of stopped mid plate and just paused and waited and went and sort of recoiled a bit and went, "What? What?" Because I wasn't expecting him to say that. I wasn't. I didn't have it in my head. I didn't. I didn't even think of it that way, and uh, I didn't. I didn't cry at that moment. Uh, I instead I went round to to Sophie and said, "Could you just come in the kitchen, please? Because I'm just going to share something with you. I think God has said to me." 
and uh, shared it with her. And we just, I think we paused to pray. And uh, I decided in that moment, I'm not going to tell anyone about this because I've been reading 1 and 2 Samuel, reading about King David and how he, he didn't assert himself, promote himself. He didn't, he didn't go after anything like that. And uh, I decided I won't tell anyone. And then a week later or so, roughly, um, having recorded all that in my, my journal, I was sat in this meeting with the other elders and heard all those things you just heard Dale say about what other people have said. And, uh, and Dale is being very generous to me by saying I had a tear in my eye. I actually burst into tears because uh, in that moment I had a, a real rush of emotion, uh, a, a bit of fear of God, you know, terror, uh, oh my goodness, me, and then uh, a bit of confusion uh, and concern again for my friend Tim. I love, I love Tim and I knew... Uh, I knew what this would probably mean, and I, I, I was all kind of, I'm, I'm emotional. You know that already, I think. Um, I, I just felt it all kind of rush upon me, and so I did actually burst into tears and have to say the truth that I'd heard this said, even though I knew what that would mean. And uh, again, I just want to say uh, that part of that, that mixture of emotions and feelings was my love for Tim, and, and he's such a faithful and wonderful guy and elder and you know, friend, and he's blessed us so much as a family with Carrie. We're so grateful to them for that as well. Um, but in that mix, that was kind of in that moment, I had all that emotion. And since then, having walked with him and talked with him and the other elders and myself, processed it, talked to God, gone through it, I felt a rise of faith in me, a clarity, if you like, uh, in a sense. And since those events, again, I've, I've just grown in excitement for what God is going to do. And uh, I really, yeah, just wanted to bring you in on that piece of the story and, and just say I'm looking forward to what God will do. So. Great. Thanks, Chrissy. Thank Fantastic. Great. Thank you. Yeah, you can <clears throat> give him a round of applause. Great. So nothing formal was kind of agreed back in February 2020, but it did kind of feel like we were on a kind of tra trajectory um, and one that was going to have big impact for us as a church and especially for Quincy and Tim and myself. Uh, for me, it was around getting my head around not leading uh, the eldership at King, something like I've said I've done for 17 years, transitioning to someone else, working out what does this mean? What does it mean to now work for new ground? What does that look like? Uh, what does it mean to still be an elder here at King's? Jane and I are not planning to go anywhere. Uh, we still want to be here, still want to be an elder, still want to be fully involved in the church. But what's it going to look like uh, with me not being employed? For Quincy, I suppose it's just around getting his head around the fact, oh, God is now calling me to lead this eldership team. How does that work? And for Tim, around processing, okay, not leading the eldership team. And what does that mean for him? So that's February 2020. And in a relatively short space of time, I think we felt that God had spoken. And that's where we were. And then COVID hit. And COVID just meant that we knew fairly early on that this can't be our focus and our priority. Our focus and priority had to be around getting the church and people in the church through this global pandemic as best we could. We just knew that publicly we were not going to be able to share or progress this until the kind of world situation was a bit clearer and a bit calmer. So I think that if it were not for COVID, we would have been having this kind of meeting you know, last summer, last autumn. But there we are. It was COVID and there wasn't really much we could do. But behind the scenes, as individuals, as a team, as couples, 
with help from people like Dave Holden, Jim Partridge, input from others. Just want to let you know, we've been processing this. We've been trying to hear God. We've been trying to work out what does this mean. And, uh, you know, so even though we couldn't say anything, which we would have liked to, it, because of COVID, just didn't feel the right time. But behind the scenes, we were talking, we were praying. And so really this morning, we wanted to bring you up to speed on the story. Wanted to explain to you how God spoke to us. Want to bring you up to speed on something of the timing of what God has said. So we're kind of glad that as a team, we're able to do that. But that kind of brings us to right now. And I think, you know, there is therefore some news to share that follows as a result of what I've shared. You've heard from Quincy, and what I think it means for him is that as of beginning of next year, 1st of January, he is going to be leading the eldership team. That eldership team is still going to be Kevin, me, and Tim, uh, but he's going to be leading it. So please do pray for him. Uh, we'll be as gentle with him as we can. Uh, but we've always been led by a team of elders. There's plurality and safety in that, but he's going to be leading it, picking it up. I think that's good. For me, it means from the 1st of January, I will no longer be employed by King's Church. I'll still be in the eldership. Jane and I are still going to be here, part of the church, still here to help Quincy, support, give whatever help and advice we can. But in terms of employment, I'll be employed by New Ground. And for Tim and Carrie, there's still uncertainty. They've been diligently seeking God, asking what this means for them. What is God calling them to? And at the moment, it's not clear. Uh, Tim's going to share a bit more about that at the, in a moment. Could mean nothing changes. Could mean something's changed. Could mean that Tim, uh, if God opens a door, uh, may head off and uh, you know, lead a church. We just don't know what it means. Uh, Tim's going to share that. I just want to encourage us that our heart as a church is that Tim and Carrie should be and should be doing whatever God wants them to do, wherever that is. That is our heart uh, in it. So just wanted to express that. Tim's going to come up and share in a moment. But for me, I just wanted to end by just reminding us of this. Isaiah 61, verse 3, was the verse that this church was given when we were planted out. That we are a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. We are oaks of righteousness, the verse talks about. So I just want to remind us that we are planted by God. That over all the years that this church has been in existence, we've been sustained by him. And that any future steps are to be both determined by God, but also will only achieve anything that God wants it to achieve by the grace of God. And therefore, everything that we do is to display his splendor. It's not about our preference, our comfort, our wisdom, our plans. The combined wisdom sat in this room would not be enough to work out uh, how we should move forward as a church. There is only one great shepherd. There is only one who knows what he wants from his church. And his name is Jesus. And we bow the knee always to him. We bow the knee always to him. Okay, great. Thank you for listening. As I say, I'm sure that there is more and there'll be other times for us to talk and share. And Kevin's going to say a little bit more about that. But before he comes up, I'd really love you to welcome Tim. Thanks, Tim. Just grab this microphone. You're doing really well, holding out in there. All this news and info. I'm a bit taller, you see. So there we go. 
Children, you're doing brilliant. Well done. Good on you. Just a few more minutes. I won't be too long. Uh, no, thank you. Thank you, Dale, for that. And uh, I was keen to share a few things with you this morning in response, really. Firstly, about Dale. Dale has been a fantastic lead elder of King's Church. He's, he's been one that many of us, collectively, individually, and I include myself, have benefited from so, so immensely. And having involved us in his decision process, it, it, it did seem right to me and to us as a team that this is a time for Dale to switch to a full-time new ground role. This is the time. It's not too late. It's not too early. Now's the time. COVID may have delayed it, but that's in God. He, he knew that. Dale has done amazingly at juggling his two areas of responsibility, I think, absolutely admirably, with, yes, of course, the support of others around him. But this is a new season for him and a new season for Jane, for them. And I believe it's one that's going to be fruitful both for new ground and for King's Church. Secondly, I want to share a little bit about my reaction, if you like, my response on a personal level. I, I, I felt that on balance, it would be helpful for you and also for me if I share something of the emotional journey of, of, of all of this. Suffice to say, really, I, I have found it very difficult. My reaction to the news really can be summarized in, in three words. Shocked, gutted, and confused. Shocked not just at the outcome, but also at the speed and the way in which kind of things progressed and were revealed. Gutted, yeah, disappointed, if you like. Disappointed and, and revealing, you know, that disappointment has helped reveal, if you like, uh, some of my own personal ambition. And the human element of that has had to die. And that is a good thing. Uh, confused, yeah, confused really about how this fitted, how this fitted into the other things I felt had been in God for myself and for the church going forward. Now, look, these emotions aren't unique. They're not special for those in eldership or for these moments of transition. These are things you experience from time. Life throws up things like that. You've had to deal with similar emotions. And I've had to learn, as you have to learn, how to, how to walk through this. And that's about being honest about the emotions. That's about talking about them appropriately with the right people. And of course, it's about dealing with them in God. In God. And I've had an extra year to do that than maybe I could have been afforded under non-lockdown kind of conditions. And on balance, that's probably been a good thing, for me at least. What God did do on that particular morning when, as an eldership team, we gathered and all of this news kind of came flooding out uh, all at once um, was I felt that God spoke to me that very morning in my regular Bible time. I have a Bible reading plan. I'm using a different one at the moment, but the one I was using at the time took me that morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's a familiar passage, you'll probably know of it. It talks about the church as the body of Christ. It talks about us having different roles and giftings and spiritual giftings at that. And uh, it was verse 
18 particularly that struck me that morning. And in the version I read, it said this, that God determines the parts of the body. I've not particularly focused on that verse when I've read that chapter before, but that morning it struck me. I wrote it down in my journal and mused on it and wrote some other reflections around that theme. God determines the parts of the body. Uh, And I don't think God was necessarily preparing me for what was to come later that day, but it has since given me that reassurance that God's in control, God knows, it's God's church, it's his prerogative. You see, we know, don't we, that the church is not a democratic or a meritocratic organisation, it is the body of Christ. There's an awe about that, a reverence that we should not move from. And we all serve, whatever our role for any season, we all serve at the pleasure of the king. Any role, any spiritual gift, any body part that God calls us to for any season is by grace alone. Amen? That's the preach done. (laughs) Uh, Let me just share about Quincy. I I love Quincy. I want God's best for him. He's a great guy. He's a great colleague, if you like. He's a great co-elder with me. And we're going to be the two staff elders, if you like. And he's a great friend. God clearly has his hand on Quincy's life. Now, as it happened, God hasn't spoken to me directly about our respective roles within the eldership team going forward. So I, like you, as you will have to, have had to weigh prophetic input from other people. That's what we should be doing, body, beloved, so many times. And it does appear, I conclude, that God wants Quincy to lead the eldership team, to be the lead elder of King's Church. So let me just share a little bit, not too much, but something that I hope will be helpful for you about our future, as Dale's already alluded to. I have been, we have been, and we will continue to be seeking God about our future. And for us, that includes praying about my employment and praying about our location. I guess in my head, my thinking, in my heart, there are a number of possible scenarios that I'm open to, that I'm praying about, and I'm wanting God to speak about. Now, there may be another scenario that, that aren't, isn't included in that list that actually is the one he's going to direct us into. So let me just outline them briefly. My, my question to God at the moment is, God, do, do you want me to stay on staff here at King's Church? And, I'm, uh, and if so, then, Lord, I'm looking to you to, for a fresh commissioning because it will feel, at least to me, if not to you, like a different role than the one I've had over the last eight years. That's okay, but it'd be a different thing. I might still be employed, it might look the same on paper, but it'd be different for me. And so I'm looking, if that's a scenario of God's will, I'm looking for a sense, a fresh sense of his commissioning for that. Secondly, my question to God is, Lord, do I start looking for a secular job, for want of a better term? I've been a marketplace elder before for many years. Um, Over the last eight years, I've had the, the joy, the privilege of being employed by you uh, to serve in that particular role. So I'm saying, Lord, if I'm to look for a different type of job, then I'm going to need you to direct my steps. I don't want to act out of my own initiative, really. I want you to tell me when to look, what to look for, and where. 
And if that is the right route for me, for us, then it's going to mean, it could mean uh, us staying in Oxted, me serving, if you will, as a marketplace elder. Or it could involve a move because the job might require that in terms of home, in terms of church. And the third question I'm, I'm seeking God about, Lord, is, is there another church you want me to go and lead or be part of the leadership team for? And if so, I'm still open to that opportunity, that possibility, then, Lord, you're going to have to open it up quite miraculously and supernaturally. But he's done that for us before, if you know the story about how we came to be here originally. So I'm sorry that the story isn't complete, and there's some loose ends, if you like, there's a degree of uncertainty left. But on balance, I want to be open with you. I want to be honest about where we're at, what we're thinking, what we're praying about. If you want to pray for us, you can, by all means. It's not an obligation, but thank you. And hopefully that will help you know how best to pray for us. In the meantime, we're pressing on, eh? God's in control. He is the king. And we will look to love him and serve him as best we can. And we will look to love the church and serve the church as best we can. Thank you. Cheers. It's, uh, it's come to me to sort of wind up our family meeting uh, this morning and uh, to do that really sensing what God would say to us as a church in this moment, having heard as it were individual stories and Tim thank you for sharing so openly and honestly uh, but I, I want to as it were look to see what God wants to say to us as the people of God here at King's Church Oxted in this moment. And it was interesting that Pippa last week should read the opening verses from Isaiah 55 because that's the chapter that I feel God has laid on my heart to share with you some thoughts. Uh, And those opening verses, if you remember them, they're so wonderfully encouraging. Let me remind you, You there, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. We like the sound of that. Well, I like the sound of that. There may not be a cost, but there is a response, and we don't always like what is expected of us. As the verses go on, it says in verse 3, incline your ear and listen. In verse 6, it says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. In verse 7, let the wicked abandon his ways and the unrighteous person, his thoughts, two words, ways and thoughts that come up a little later. And also in verse 7, return to the Lord. We may like the outcome, but we don't always like the process. But then God explains, and those two words come up. He says, 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. He makes it really clear. It's not like I'm a bit better than you, or, you know, I'm standing at a higher level than you. Now, he makes it really clear. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts and my ways higher than your thoughts and your ways. And we see examples of that throughout the Bible. Take Moses. When God spoke to him, he was a murderer on the run, hiding from Pharaoh. The people of Israel are suffering and they cry out to God. So God turns to Moses and he says, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. Now we know the end of the story. We know that Moses leads them out. But imagine his thoughts in that moment. Are you kidding? Back to Pharaoh. He wants to kill me. Or when they eventually leave Egypt and are being pursued by the Egyptians, they reach an impassable sea. And God says, lift up your staff, reach out with your hand and divide the sea. It's just a bit of wood, God. Or Gideon, when he has 32,000 in his army and God whittles it down to 300. God, it doesn't make any sense. The great thing is God's declarations, his ways, his guiding, his directing come with a promise. And it leads on in, in Isaiah 55. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it produce and sprout, providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the purpose which I sent it. Notice it achieves two things, accomplishing his desire, producing growth and increasing our faith as we trust him, and succeeding in the purpose for which he sent it, the outcome. He will always achieve what he sets out to do. Now, we believe God has spoken to us. His word from his mouth. We don't know all the details. There are some really big gaps. And that's why we have to trust him. But we do believe his purposes will be fulfilled as we follow this path. You may have questions in this moment. Believe me, we've had questions. You may have doubts. Believe me, we've had doubts. But over the months that we've been considering this, we've come to a place of peace. We don't know all the answers, and not all our doubts have been dealt with, but we've come to a place of peace. And we're asking you to join us in this walk of faith.
bring your questions and your doubts, but also respond as Isaiah suggests. Incline your ear and listen. Seek the Lord. Call on him. Even consider abandoning, abandoning our ways and our thoughts. Acknowledge that his ways and his thoughts are higher. And let's see what God will do. We were going to end with a couple of songs, but I feel like time has come. But I would like to pray. And this is, I feel, such a significant moment in the life of King's Church that I would ask you to stand with me as we pray. Not necessarily to stand to say, I agree with all this, but just let's stand as a church and come before God and pray. Father, we acknowledge, as we've done many times before, that your ways and your thoughts are higher than ours. And we thank you that it is that way round. We want you to be the one with greater understanding, greater insight, greater wisdom, able to see the end from the beginning. But we also acknowledge we don't always understand your ways. Although we accept that you have never let us down, you have always been faithful and you have always been true to your word. And you've always worked out your purposes, even when we've got it wrong, when we've made mistakes, and sometimes even when we've deliberately chosen the wrong path, still you manage to bring about your chosen will. And Father, as we have listened this morning to all that Dale, Tim and Quincy have shared, whether hearing that for the first time or hearing it many times before, some of us will have doubts. Others will have a sense of excitement. Still others may be confused. And some feeling genuine concern and compassion for Tim and Carrie. But whatever we're currently feeling, we want to respond to you with faith. We want to follow your direction and walk the path that you have set out before us as a church. So Lord, we're going to seek you and call on you. We're going to incline our ears to you and focus on listening to your voice. And where our thoughts and our ways are contrary to your will, we ask for the courage to abandon them and put our trust in you. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here in King's Church Oxted, just as it is in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.